Welcome back to Shrinking It Down, Mental Health Made Simple. I'm Gene Bresson. And I'm wearing a jacket today, and I'm Steve Schlossman. But you're not wearing a tie. I'm not wearing a tie. Okay. I'm wearing neither a jacket nor a tie, <laughs> and I'm Ellen Broughton. And today and we, we have slice a... all that out. <laughs> <if we can. laughs> yeah. Today we're going to be talking about um, a film, actually, uh, called Greatest Strengths, Meeting Challenges with Courage. So today we thought we would talk about challenges that we all have in life, and all of us have various challenges. And I'll, I'll just start with something that's really minor that my kids give me, you know, grief about. I have um, a variation of what's called Gerstmann syndrome, which actually the kids call Gerlimann syndrome, trying to imitate Arnold Schwarzenegger, which I can't tell my left from my right very well, and I have trouble with math. Um, Look, what side am I on? You're in the right. I, I know that, but when I'm driving, it, it, oh, you that know, makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. When I'm driving and I want to make a left, I know I should probably make a right. So I kind of mix up my left and my right, and I was always never good in math, and I don't know how I got through physics. That's kind of minor, and I've learned how to cope with it. In fact, I have coped with it. But there are many, many more challenges. So we can tell our own challenges. Ellen, what challenges so, do you happen to have? So I actually have a mild dyslexia, and people are sort of surprised about that because I write a lot for a living. Um, but I actually really had to try very hard to read, even though I loved reading, and I read as much as I could as a kid. And I'm a terrible speller. I'm still a really, really bad speller. And um, so, yeah, it's been something that I didn't discover until I started evaluating kids with dyslexia. And then the next generation in my family started to get evaluated and we all realized that we're kind of the same. And, and don't you have a brother that has some challenges? I do. I have a brother with Down syndrome and uh, he is, um, yeah, he's in his 40s. He's doing very well, but he, it, it was a very wonderful thing growing up with a brother who had some real challenges and I know a lot of people would think that doesn't sound that wonderful, but it really was because he was my brother. And how did he and your family help him cope? Because Down syndrome is is a, is a pretty significant problem. It is, and it comes with normally um, intellectual deficiency and sometimes other physical issues like heart problems that sometimes can decrease your lifespan. That's changed a lot over the last few decades. Um, so now they're, they have a lifespan that's similar to other people without Down syndrome. But my family treated him like anybody else. And my mother really fought for him. He was born at a time in the like, 70s, I guess, late 70s, where um, special education services weren't a right. That sort of time in our history when we sort of thought about rights for the disabled was a civil rights issue. And he kind of grew up at the beginning of those times. And so he got a lot of great support, but we had to really fight for it. And when I say we, it was sort of a family effort. So. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about because it's, there's nobody who doesn't have challenges, right? So, and, and so your brother, that's a significant challenge. And what helped him was was the family, the community, the schools, you know, and, and folks kind of fighting for him and helping him. And um, all the stories I've heard about your brother, he's delightful. He's done really, really well. So, so you can have a significant challenge, 
like your brothers and do really, really well. You can have girly mon syndrome or whatever you called it. <laughs> um, and really flub up like you did. No, I'm, I'm like like yeah, do I flubbed, well. I flubbed up. Right, like pe people do well, but there are also some really significant challenges out there, which we have in that film, which yes. are um, which are like it's kind of stunning when you watch it and and see these these kids do things that uh, I'm not sure I could do in the absence of those challenges. Well, I know I couldn't do it in the absence of those challenges. So how do you think they became so resilient? I mean, what what are the elements? So just, 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 just to help, help the viewers, what are the elements that can help you know, kids and young adults that have challenges? Um, well, I'm sure that we, could, we could answer that in a lot of ways. So we gotta define resiliency, right? And uh, most folks would say that resiliency isn't um, this ability to overcome so much, is to tolerate the thing itself and to get through it. You, you know what I mean? So like, you could say, how did I become resilient to my inability to dunk a basketball? I will never, ever be able. I could try for the rest of my life. I'm sure, five foot sure. six. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm not going to dunk a basketball. It's not going to happen. My resiliency was I worked on a jump shot, right? Now I can't do that either. But at a time when I like to play basketball, I thought I, if I can't dunk a basketball, do a jump shot. That's a kind of minor resiliency for a very, very minor challenge. For the kids who are in this film, th I think they became resilient because Somebody, well, my guess is somebody told them they couldn't in some ways. Like somebody said, like, you can't do that. You're not, your body won't let you do that. And they said, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah, resiliency comes from the ability to bounce back from a challenge, but you have to have challenges. Yeah. And um, they, for kids with disabilities, that's already built in. It's, it's, it's a built-in opportunity in a way because bouncing back is what they constantly have to do. One of the um, things that troubles me, by the way, about that is that they do bounce back, but as we know, um, kids who have disabilities and adults are often stigmatized, they're scapegoated, they're picked on, um, and um, it, it, that in itself is a challenge because they're different. And, 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 and I hope that one of the messages that will come out of this film and out of our discussion will be to be more inclusive mm -hmm. and to kind of accept differences as kind of like something that's something that we all have and um, and be more sensitive. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, so just to just to push back, I agree with obviously I agree with what what we're saying here, but we just finished saying that the reason these kids become resilient is because somebody told them they couldn't kind of present them with the challenge. It's a it's a bit of a tightrope to say we will be accepting and inclusive but also know that what might propel some of these kids forward is saying, nevertheless, with all of our acceptance, we don't think this is such a good idea for you. Yeah. Look, my, my wife doesn't mind my saying this. My wife is blind. My wife is legally blind. She cannot drive a, a car by the law. She has a genetic wow. disorder. And she was told in her third year of medical school, you can't be a doctor. Um, you just can't do it. We're, we're not gonna throw you out, but we're not gonna let you stick around and be a doctor. And but she became a doctor. Yeah, she got her PhD and her, I mean, she worked really, really hard. But it was that sort of, it, once she said, I disagree, then they were accepting of her. So it's this, it's this interesting moment, I and I would think yeah. the best mentors and teachers and clinicians or whatever can say to a kid, ah, you sure you want to do this? Sort of explore it with them without, she got really angry, so you don't have to say you can't do this. You could say, okay, this is going to be hard. Let's look at what it's going to take. So we want to be inclusive, but we also want to be realistic about what limitations 
Is that what you say? I don't know if this quite applies, but I'm thinking about um, an experience that I had when I was younger with my brother. And he, I must have been somewhere in my early teens, and so he was, I don't know, younger than I was. Um, And I remember walking home from school with him, and kids were, he was speaking to me, but he speaks with sort of a slur to his speech, and, but he has plenty to say. And um, some kids in, in the neighborhood were walking by and were making fun of his speech. They were parroting him. And I was so angry. And they were older boys and it was, I, I got really angry. So I came home to my mother and I was like, we are going to, um, we're going to find those boys. We are going to go get them. And maybe I was even as young as like this is, 12. This is like, this is like a scene and, of Stranger Things. Did the thing from the Upside Down come? Oh, yeah. I mean, anything? I just, I was like, I, you, know, we, you need to call their mother and they need to. And my mom said to me, Ellen, he's going to be fighting these battles all of his life. Like, I can't fight them for him. He's going to have to do that himself. So this is, this is his life. And the more we can just sort of take it in stride and um, ignore them and realize we are better than they are. Um, and it was sort of an, an interesting way. And that would come up every once in a while when things would happen with him. And I wanted to be the big sister who was going to protect him. And she, you know, sometimes she would say, yes, I need to call the teacher. And other times she'd say, you know, this is, this is his life. And you need to sort of accept yeah. that about your brother. I'm not sure that's exactly what, what you're no, talking I think about, it's, but it's, I think it's really similar. But, yeah. I, I, think, I think that's the challenge here. That's our challenge as the folks yeah. who, who are helping people with challenges. It's to, it's to try and figure out how to, how to pitch the issue to these kids so that they can roll with it, pick their challenge, like the challenge yes. within their challenge, yes. decide what bar they're going to jump towards, maybe raise the bar just a little bit more so they can jump even higher, but not so high that they feel defeated. It's, it's a really, it, it's, yeah. a, it's a bi-directional thing, right? Like you, yeah. your mom presumably sat down with your brother at some point and said, hey, these kids said not nice things to you. Let's ignore it. Let's, yeah. and, and then your brother had to agree to it. Yeah, and in some ways, you know, with my brother's disability, a lot of it does go past him. Like a lot of it is, that's a blessing in some ways that he just doesn't, and he, you know. He's oblivious to it or, or? I don't think he would have noticed because in that case, I'm thinking about that case, he would have just really been very connected with me. We were talking and having a conversation. So and these other people were making fun of him, just walking by and making fun of him. He wouldn't have noticed that because that's not where his, that's not, he, he just he's not wired have, that way. He's not wired that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, if we, um, if we get but if we, but if somebody picked ahead. on somebody in his family, he would be quite upset. Yeah, he'd be a, he'd be a bulldog in that. He way. was wired. a bulldog. Yeah. Do you so we, if we think of these kids in this in this film, which is really cool, and we're psyched yes, to release it's a it. Really um, cool film. So so we're tying it to the to the Special Olympics. The. The slight risk is we're saying that in order to overcome your challenge, you must excel in this incredibly massive way like we're seeing right. in the Special Olympics, we see in the kids in this film who have done amazing yeah. things. And I don't know that that's, that's certainly a great message, but it it's is. not the only message. It's, it can't it, be. It's not. I mean, you know, many of the, many of the kids that I know that have, that have challenges, whether they're psychiatric or physical, they just want to be, they just want to be accepted they just want to kind of like grow up and be a part and be a, and be included and, and 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 you know and do what they want to do they don't necessarily want to be the, the super best at anything at anything super special but they just want to be they just want to be who they are and yet we're showing this film of people being the super best at what they do which actually you know i mean 
Yes. So, so in some ways, what you're saying is a really important kind of like commentary on the film, and that is these kids really did excel at dancing, swimming, you know, hurdling, blacksmithing, blacksmithing. With one arm. Oh my gosh. So, but but it doesn't mean you have to be super special at something to kind of like overcome a challenge, which is your point. Yeah. Well, or to have it be declared that the challenge is overcome. You you were about to say something. What? Yeah. No, I, I think that um, it, there's, I, I think, thinking about excelling at something, I think you have to find a passion for something, to, despite your, when you're talking about your, your wife, that, that she was passionate about medicine, despite her challenges. Yeah. And does that mean that she has to be a remarkable doctor, even though she is? No, but she's passionate about, she's passionate about something. And I think that that sort of love and, and interest doesn't it, it you know you're limited sometimes when you have a disability in what you can pursue but the passion itself the reason for for wanting to to be and do and and to feel like you're useful and and that you're contributing I think is the that's the important that's that's the excelling you know what else is interesting um I one of the people in the film I know and he's given us permission to talk about it and he's missing an arm and he's um, introduced me to the sort of world of people who are missing limbs and are interested in design and one of the questions they're asking is who said that this is the best design for what you need to do like five fingers and a hand so most most prosthetic designers are people who are have all their limbs right. and so they just assume that that's what we want and he showed me this website where people are building all sorts of limbs that have like an extra finger that goes out here all still that can be connected up to the nervous system and he said what what makes you think yours is best just because it's what you got um, it's, so he's found his own world in a way yeah it's it, or, or his own perspective which is which is his perspective yeah and and the other thing that I, that I think is so cool about that is it broadened my perspective like, yes, like it, it changed didn't you. Occurred. I just thought, this, how else would you have a hand? You would have an opposable thumb and four fans. How it ought to be, right? And anything short of that is not proper. And he said, who says? So are there any, uh, as we wind down, are there any tips that we want to give parents about if you have a kid with a challenge of one kind or another, what, what, would, what would be some of, the, some of the major take-home messages that we would want to kind of have them kind of like like think about so acceptance is the thing that comes to mind because that's kind of what we're talking about accepting yourself for who you are it's really the challenge that all of us have in our lives I mean it's and it's one of the hardest things to do um, we oftentimes don't like what we have and you know want what we don't have and um, and so I think that's the important thing and I I oftentimes think parents with disabilities when they when, when they have that acceptance the child can grow into that so easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because you, you will, sometimes I meet parents who say, like I work at the transplant service, and they say, we have to get Sally to talk about her transplant in class. And that would be fine. Transplant of? Of her liver. Of she livers. has a, somebody else's liver. This is a reason she's missed some school. I'm making this up. I mean, this is just a made-up no. Sally person, but it's a fairly typical story. This would be fine if Sally were interested in talking about it, but she's not. She didn't want to. Sally doesn't want to draw attention. Sally wants to talk about her creative writing or her poetry. She really doesn't want to talk about her transplant. And the parents sort of get hung up on this idea that you have to be, being proud of who you are and of this thing that characterizes you are among the things which happens to be this transplant, you have to make public. So I think the other tip is that you want to 
make allowance for your child's temperament. And if they're not into letting, like there's plenty of things they're gonna have to talk about. Temperament meaning? Like who they intrinsically are, like how they're wired she's not, from the day she's they're not born. She's not a transplanted yeah, so liver. Yeah. People who are more on the introverted side get their energy and, and they're able to process more by going inward. People who are more extroverted, and this is a gross exaggeration, but, but looking at some of those sort of temperamental or personality issues, some people really are able to process that by talking about it. Yeah. And other people need a combination, but that, I mean, that's just an example of. So you want to, so there is no, you were asking There's, for tips. Yeah. No, there, your there's kid. just no one size fits all. So it know can't your be. kid. Right. Know your kid. Um, and, you know, knowing your kid might mean as they get older, since they tend to roll their eyes more and talk less, you might have to ask them, yeah. how do you want to handle this? I, I also think getting more information about your child's disability or their, and, and their abilities, I think is really important, but you can't really accept what you don't know. And you can be awfully afraid of what you don't know too. So, and that might mean depending on your child's issues, talking to an orthopedic surgeon or a psychiatrist or a neuropsychologist or whatever it is, but yeah. getting more, if you sort of feel ambivalent as a parent, you probably are lacking some kind of information. So one of the things we can do from the Clay Center side of things is we can help inform parents mm -hmm. and kids about disabilities, about challenges, about what the ins and outs are, and give them a variety of, of kind of... But wait, we're missing a really important part here. The other thing we can do, because this has been my experience so many times, is I've learned so much from people who come to me and say, hey, did you know about this new treatment? Did you? Right. So, so we can be aware that there's just no possible way anybody can know everything. The parents can't know, we can't know. The only way is to sort of get this iterative knowledge that comes from us talking to each other so we can listen to what people tell us too. Um, and you know, if we swap stuff back and forth and keep our eyes open, I think that'll increase yeah. the overall, you know, the rising tide thing, so. And now it's time for Monumental, Monumental Mental Health Myth. I get so anxious that you won't be able to say it, so I have to Well, it's like a tongue twister. I, it, it is not like, it is it is, a, a tongue it, is, it is a tongue twister. Right. So, okay. Um, oh, this is, uh, um, this is really important. It's important that we stress this. Most people with disabilities or differences would rather you not mention it. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think we do this a lot when we draw these cards out. We've already talked about this, but it is a super important thing. It is true that some would rather you not talk about it, and some would rather you talk about it, and some don't really care. So I think it probably has to do with the kid, and also it changes over time too. So you can't assume that what they were comfortable talking about when they were 10 is what they'll be comfortable talking about when they're 12 and 15 and 27 and so forth. It just changes. It does change. So, yeah. You think. So, yeah, and the, but the worst thing we could do is ignore it, um, ignore what their wishes are, or pretend that something doesn't exist when it when it does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, we I mean, have like, to, we, we have to ask it, in a non-offensive way. Yeah, and acknowledging, yeah, acknowledging what is right for them. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Well, thank you all very much for watching. Uh, this is actually our last episode of the season. Um, and um, stay tuned for more episodes of Shrinking It Down. Were next we renewed? We got renewed for uh, the next season? Uh, yes. Yeah, good, good. I'm teasing. <laughs> of course, it's a, No, it's of a course we got renewed. Yes. Um, and um, uh, stay tuned. We would love to hear your own uh, stories about your challenges, 
either your own or your kids, um, uh, write to us, email us, you know, tell us your stories. I'm Gene Bresson. Steve Schlossman. Ellen Broughton. See you next time.